Hello and welcome to the Pinking.com Norwich City podcast number 354 for an international break special. On the way, all the international action involving Canaries players, including the best left back in the championship and Scotland's saviour. We'll look ahead to the international games on Tuesday and we'll start looking ahead to Saturday night's big game at Middlesbrough. David Freezer here in the presenter's chair this week and joining us at, at Archant Towers, we have our Chief Canaries Correspondent Paddy Davitt and Deputy Sports Editor Mark Armstrong. Um, Pad, I'll, I'll come to you first. How, how uh, was your, your international break weekend? Did you uh, manage to chill out a bit? Beef style, yeah. yeah. I was, as Mark well knows, I might as well avail the, uh, the listeners. I was, I was off to uh, Joyland in Yarmouth. <laughs> With a three-year-old nephew who's a, for the snails. Who was with? Well, yeah, amongst other rides, I was very impressed. First time I've been there, and the three-year-old certainly enjoyed it. So, yeah, it was a good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was just nice to chill out. I did a bit of bowling then as well, a bit further along the seafront, and uh, we had a nice meal. And uh, is that the first time you've ever been to Yarmouth? No, 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 no. <laughs> first time I've ever been to Joyland, but right. that's mainly because I don't have any children to take around there. And uh, but no, it was just a, yeah and. Literally couldn't have told you anything that had happened. To, I mean, we'll get into it, so I'm probably going to show myself up. But didn't see the England game, didn't see any games until probably Sunday night. So in terms of a, as we, as you well know, DF, our weekends are usually heavily focused on Norwich City or football in general. So it was nice just to completely zone out, even though the games were going on internationally. Didn't watch any of them and. Uh, I'm suitably refreshed now for a long haul trip to Middlesbrough. So yeah, if you haven't been to Yarmouth Joyland, that is the place to go. Trust me. If you've got children, that is. I haven't been there for a very long time. Um, yeah, nice, uh, nice chilled out weekend for me. But Mr. Armstrong, you are training for a marathon, aren't you? I am indeed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Saturday morning was spent running round South Norfolk, uh, 21 miles. Managed to do in the end and. Then all the advice is that you chill out in the afternoon after you uh, after you've done a big run like that. But unfortunately, having uh, two children, that's not a luxury <laughs> I can afford. So it was the afternoon was spent at uh, Longstrand Leisure Centre around their new soft play. Uh, so Ooh. me ha- having uh, very stiff legs clambering around the soft play was uh, was a real sight to behold. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I'm not sure that's the best way to get the lactic acid out of the legs. But uh, it was. <laughs> it was interesting to say the least agility training indeed <laughs> <laughs> okay well before we uh, crack on of course we've got quiz question time um, remind me what the book's called Pad we've, uh, this has become the tradition for the pod football, football school the amazing quiz book test your world cup knowledge so, how so amazing is it oh, it's pretty amazing <laughs> uh, well <laughs> what does it say on the top there over 300 fan High fantastic questions. Yeah, so I'm not going to argue with the publisher. Okay, well, usual deal. We will set your question now, and if you want to know the answer, join us on the Pinkin app at pinkin.com podcast extra time. Pad, what's the question? Question this day of this week, 2019, is why did the 1 1 draw at the 94 1994 World Cup match between the US and Switzerland make history? Why did the 1 1 draw at the 94 World Cup match between the US and Switzerland make history uh, four options both teams had three players sent off no, can't see that <laughs> B the Swiss team sang the US national anthem by mistake <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> plausible you know the old star spangled banner uh, C it was the first World Cup match to be played indoors 
Where was the 94 World Cup played? Atlanta. Uh, oh, sorry. It was America. Yeah. It was America. Okay. Atlanta was the Olympics, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plausible, then, I would say. Or D, the mascots of both teams started fighting with, with each other and had to be separated by the players. Wow. Yeah, I don't recall that happening. Let's hope it's D. That had gone down <laughs> along with uh, John Aldridge ranting at the fourth official when he was trying to get on the pitch. Oh, um, yeah. Or Jack Charlton as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that 94? I think that was 94. Yeah, Jack Charlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that, yeah, yeah, I can give him again, mate, or we can just. No, move that'll on. do, that'll do. I'm sure people can. Uh, can hit the uh, rewind 30 seconds if they really need to um, but uh, yeah the answer will be revealed in extra time um, before we get stuck into the proper stuff uh, remember you can get in touch with us all here share your thoughts and set the agenda just send an email to thepinkin at archant.co.uk or get in touch on social media and make sure you don't miss a single podcast during this crucial stage of the season by subscribing you can find all the details at pinkin.com slash podcast So, on with part one and the week that was. And, of course, it's the internationals um, that we got to get stuck into. Um, a fair bit of Norwich action. Um, Max Ahrens has already had a, a couple of games for the England under-19s. Um, looks like he may well have to play a third game now on Tuesday because they lost to Greece on Saturday. So, that is qualification for the under-19 European Championships, which are in Armenia in July so I'm sure Max is desperate to be at that one. Um, the Under-21s Championships are also this um, summer in Italy, and they're in June, so that may be one that he's hoping he can he can push his way into. But it's all good for Max, isn't it? Obviously, we've had a, a nice exclusive chat with him in recent weeks, um, but it's all that, that's six caps now. It's all good for his profile, isn't it? Yeah, and um, yeah, good and bad. I mean, I'm a kind of, you know pinch of salt about footballers being overworked and flogged but uh, I think all of these lads it would have been better served in terms of with our Norwich focus on which is clearly where our focus lies that for the remaining eight games they had two weeks off um, because there's always that risk of injury and as you've said there the workload for Aaron's well you know that's going to be fairly brutal by the end of uh, if he plays a full part tomorrow so um that's why I was quite we see it closer and used albeit Daniel did say for him potentially going away with Switzerland would be a good chance to get it back into his rhythm because he's not playing a lot of football but I still think um, he's better off putting his feet up for me as are all of them but unfortunately um, you know it's a bit of a mix and match Jamal plays two games full games for Northern Ireland um, Kenny Mack only gets on for the one of Scotland's two games and and it probably is going to look like Timu Puki plays two full games. They're in Armenia tomorrow, Finland, having played 80-odd minutes against Italy Saturday. So, yeah, but going back to your original question, Aaron's, I suppose it is it is another signal that he's, he's almost now becoming quite important at England under-19 level. And we know how well England are doing at age group levels in recent seasons. It's another symbol, really, of, of where that guy's career is potentially heading, that he's deemed to be probably the best at his age group in the country. Um, and I see another link with Tottenham in the last sort of two, three days. That's not new. That's been there since probably just before Christmas. Mm. So, yeah, it's um, it's it all, all underlines that Norwich have developed a player who could be potentially very good. Very good. 
Absolutely. It's not really the un- England under 19s. It's not really meant for for players like Max. Is it? In, in as much as he's had a lot of first team exposure with with Norwich, and he's 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 played in front of you know big crowds now, and and had had that sort of extra pressure uh, on him of, of where uh, points mean prizes every weekend. Um, but I mean, the under nineteen setup is meant to to bring these players on who haven't really had that exposure. Whereas whereas Max has had, so I don't really feel that he's going to benefit a lot from playing for the under nineteens. If he was playing for the under twenty ones, I could see that. But I, I I think I don't think there's anything good to come out of it for Norwich for him playing for the under nineteens. I've got to admit. No, I, I suspect Keith Downing, <clears throat> their manager tried to get away with resting Max on Saturday because he did bring him on in the second half as they tried to salvage it. They were 2-0 down. I think they missed a penalty as well, um, England, that is. Um, but you would imagine now that, that he will need to play. They play Denmark at St George's Park again on Tuesday uh, and they need to win that to qualify. So if you're Keith Downing, I guess you're going to want Max in. He's one of the few players in that squad who is, well, he's pretty much the only player who's playing at a high level Um regularly so um, we'll see fingers crossed no injury um, first cap for Ben Godfrey as well that, that's essentially a, a friendly with England under 20s it is it's some competition the Euro Elite League or something which is like the equivalent of the Europa League it's just a, a way of um, putting a fresh spin on friendlies isn't it so uh, Ben got a full 90 minutes they uh, lost 3-1 to Poland at St George's Park they've got a game in Portugal Tuesday night so hopefully he comes through that unscathed um, let's go to Scotland then Mark um, McLean didn't play on the on the uh, 4G pitch out in Kazakhstan uh, which is probably a good thing considering his ankle injury obviously a horrific result for them um, but much better for them against San Marino well, I'm not sure much. Well, <laughs> in in context, yeah, they won, didn't they? Uh, and and good for Kenny to to get a goal. I mean, I was just thinking before, before we came in, and what a different atmosphere that must be to what he's playing in at Norwich. Um, and probably a, a good juxtaposition for him to, to to look at, really, because I mean that that Scotland that Scotland side does look a, a, a tired old setup there, doesn't it? Really, under, under mm. McLeish, who I understand's a, a really nice guy. I'm not coming to contact with him, but I mean that just does not look a, a great appointment at all. And and as I say, I think I just think they look a, a tired setup, and you know, and they've got one or two decent players as well who, who, who could probably do a thing or two. But I mean, they're not, they're not going to get anywhere, and and, and it, it's. It's a strange one because they didn't, didn't they they won their Nations League group didn't they? So they, they did in the end. Yeah. So they've got they've got that sort of get out. Where they could still get to get to the Euros because uh, they've got they'll go straight to the playoffs. So I mean, it's just, it's just very odd. It's the same with Finland and Pookie, isn't it? They they know that if they don't qualify, then they've got that playoff to fall back on. So um, I guess that adds a different complexion to it all. Um, yeah, Pookie, you wouldn't expect Finland to to beat Italy, but lost two nil. He had a Big chance as well at one nil, Pad. Um, yeah. He, um, I suppose, it's a little run of games where he's he's not scored. Now, do you think? I suppose, I know we've got tomorrow's game first. They're away in Armenia, which is a fairly long journey, isn't it? It's the other side of Turkey from here. So, do you think there's any chance Daniel might end up considering resting him, considering you've got Jordan Rhodes there, sort of straining at the leash? Former club as well, Borough. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um... No, I don't see him resting him unless he comes back and reports either fatigue or or maybe he's got a, maybe a bit of a, a niggle, um, which he did, I think, on the last international break. Yeah. Didn't he have a muscular problem? Um, probably threw too much football. But I think he's just so important outside the box in terms of, we've talked about this at length, when you compare him and McLean, 
split, sorry, him and uh, Jordan Rhodes, um, that what he brings you outside the box as much as inside the box always, for me, gives him the nod in any debate you want to have, and certainly that's how Farker's done it. Um, but in terms of his, you know, hasten to use the, the word, he's going through a fallow period, given he's got 24 league goals, but... I think that was Rotherham was his third game of that scoring, and that equals the longest run he's had, which for Norwich this season without a goal, which underlines really how very consistent he has been in front of goal. Um, so if you add in two more international games where he, he doesn't hit the target, then and you've seen signs of it, I think it's maybe caught up with him a little bit. You know, there's there's situations he's been in in the last two or three Norwich games where he was in identical situations earlier in the season, and bang, clinical first touch or finish now it, things are sort of bobbling away from him bouncing off his body rather than controlling it there was a couple of examples of that at Rotherham and I think that's just all symptomatic of maybe a guy who's played a lot of football and maybe isn't at his sharpest so again at the risk of repeating myself two weeks with his feet up would have been ideal for that man with our Norwich hats on but it is what it is he's a very important player for his country and uh, and yeah Daniel will have to take a view on that because you know, between now and the end of the season, they will need to win more than they lose, and um, to do that, they need to score goals. So it's, you know, but it's a nice situation to be in because we all know Jordan Rhodes. If you give him the service, he will score goals at this level. Daniel's approach is going to be really interesting. We won't get a full idea until the presser on Friday, will we, of what he, what he's thinking? And, and as we talked today, we've still got four players yet to play international games. But there is no midweek game next week, is there? That the game that follow follows is. Uh, uh, what is the game that follows after that? It's QPR the following Saturday, isn't it? Early kickoff at Carrow Road, 12.30. So I guess that comes into his thinking, but Pookie's going to have played over 50 games by the end of the season, and he has had a brilliant season, but you've you've got to be sensible to an extent, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, he's still getting a few chances, isn't he? Yeah. He's still, I mean, that's what they say. You've got, as a striker, you worry when the, when the chances start to dry up, and, and they're not, are they, uh, for him? Really. He's, yeah. he's, he's missed the chances rather than scored them. So I would say that, you know, it's, I would not be surprised at all if, if uh, Norwich got a bar on, on Saturday and he ends up scoring. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I can't see him starting Jordan Rose, just, just as Paddy said, just because. They're just, they're just such different strikers in, in, in the way they operate in, in how, how much I mean you'd probably say yeah Rhodes is more of a poacher um, but I mean Pookie I mean the work rate's phenomenal and, and what he does outside he just completely sets it off for Norwich doesn't he and, and, and all the players commit to it from around him um, I mean he, he will unless he's injured or, or very tired and he says to Barker that I need a rest which I don't think he will do and he'll start yeah, yeah well Six games, six teams where it's been unchanged, six wins. So, um, yeah, Daniel set his stall out on that one. Um, Tim Closer didn't play for Switzerland. They won 2-0 in Georgia. They've got a uh, home game against Denmark Tuesday night. Um, a little bit harsh on Tim, but I'll maybe come back to that one. Um, the only other person to talk about, really, is, is Adam Ida, who um, a lot of Norwich fans are excited about, aren't they? Because you know, I've seen him play a fair bit the last couple of seasons, but... People keep seeing him score goals. Um, that's 19 in 30 games for Norwich's under-23s and at Ireland youth levels. But that was his first under-21 cap. He's he's certainly getting some profile, isn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely, he is. And, and bizarrely, probably one of the, the worst thing that could happen for his career at Norwich is Norwich get promoted, probably. Mm. Uh, because, I, you know, you can't really see him getting in, in the Premier League. That, that doesn't just go for either. That goes for a lot of youngsters. It's a lot more difficult to throw youngsters in in the Premier League um, and there'll be a lot of 
of young lads thinking that way. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, he looks a decent player. Um, if Norwich are in the championship, which we hope they're not, uh, then you can see him being the next cab off the rank, certainly in the first in the first team squad. I mean, you know, Rhodes isn't likely to stay, is he? Uh, I don't think with with the financials around that, uh, and you could see him possibly being an option. Um, he's not small, so no. you know, he's 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 built like a man. That's that helps. Absolutely, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly, he's got the physical prowess, uh, and he knows where the goal is. Uh, and Fark will be well aware of him. But from what I'm aware, whenever you guys have sort of quizzed Daniel on it, he's always sort of said. No, he's, he's not. He's not quite ready yet. So it'd be interesting how much that, that changes. We turned eighteen last month. You know, he's been banging in goals ever since he arrived at Norwich, and all through the the youth levels for for Ireland. Um, do you think it's fair to say, Pad, that whatever division Norwich are in next year, Adam and his agent are probably going to be thinking, "I've got to be playing first team football one way or the other next year." Well, probably, possibly, but what I find very interesting, and we've seen it re-emphasised in the last few days, Anthony Spyro's gone out now, the guy who was playing alongside him for a lot of them development games and scoring goals, to be fair. They've allowed him to go out to Wrexham, and they've allowed a lot of those younger players to go out, but they've not allowed Ida to go out. Now, for me, that is because you speak to Farker, and they do rate him so highly. I don't think he even wants him to go out on loan at the minute. He, you can guarantee he will be training with the first team more often than not now. And that is almost, for me, a signal that next season, Mark's very fair point, if they're in the Premier League, it's harder to do it. But certainly in the Championship, he would be a frontline option for, for Farker. There was that, if you remember, um, I think it was around about the Sheffield Wednesday game, wasn't it, early in the season when they were falling foul of the homegrown rule. They had quite a few injuries and it was literally who who in the development setup could could step up. And on that occasion, it was um, it was Alfie Payne and Odessina, wasn't it? Made the bench that day, but Ida wasn't technically qualified. Bearing in mind he's come from from Cork, come from a League of Ireland background, I think that wouldn't be the case next season in terms of if they were in the championship and the homegrown rules still applied. But Farker pretty much had conceded at that point prior to Sheffield Wednesday. It wouldn't have been even a debate, it, you know, if it was. I'm looking along the development setup, and which of those players is is leading in terms of stepping up at that point? It would have been either, but unfortunately they weren't able to do it. So, if that was back in October, November, and as you rightly said, with those figures, 19 in 30, he really has kicked on since. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that will hold him back, as Mark says, is if they're in the Premier League next season, because that's a huge jump to go from. It's not like an Aaron's or a Jamal Lewis who are getting plucked from development football and going into the Championship. Premier League is a bit more again. So, um, great situation to be in though, yeah. because as you say, physically, he's got he's got it all. And we saw that the first goal of the two, sorry, the second goal of the two for the twenty ones was just pace. The ball was just played in behind the, the back four, and he was just on it like a flash. Um, he really does like he's got everything and um, and he also seems from looking at it from a distance to have his head screwed on as well seems a very down to earth very humble sort of guy so yeah they've definitely got some gold there and it's just about sort of polishing him now I think Absolutely I mean it's only against Luxembourg under 21s but both decent goals a header and a nice finish so it's all good from his point of view um, the Ireland under 21s play at the Toulon tournament this summer as well so you know if you score goals at that then you're going to be on the uh, on the radar of some very big clubs um, if I was him I would just be watching Timu Pukki videos all the time at the moment and making sure that 
if Timu Pukki got injured and Jordan Rhodes is ineligible or whatever, like he's against Sheffield Wednesday, that I am ready and Daniel knows full well that I can fill that hole if uh, if that's what it comes to. Um, you mentioned Ant Spiru there, Pad. Um, he has joined Wrexham on loan, made his debut on Saturday. Uh, they lost 1-0 at Hartlepool. They're chasing promotion back to the Football League. I think it's 20 years they've been out of the Football League, Wrexham. So, um, uh, sorry, no, it was 10, 10 years um, that they've been out of the... Um, out of the Football League uh, he came on the last 20 minutes um, did have one penalty shout but didn't get it um, the other story in the National League from Norwich point of view um, is Timmy Odessina another player you just mentioned who was on the bench at Sheffield Wednesday he could be playing at Wembley um, he's at AFC Fylde and they beat Stockport 3-2 on Saturday to reach the FA Trophy final um, he only came on in the latter stages he's been playing right back generally um, and he hasn't really been starting regularly but so uh, a great chance for him to really um, try and get one of those starting spots so that he could potentially play at Wembley. That's not until May the 19th, so it's well after the end of, uh, end of the season, but one to watch out for as well. OK, we're going to leave the uh, gongs of the week and things like that for uh, this week as it's the... Uh, uh, international break and uh, start looking ahead to the Borough game um, because clearly it's a it's a massive one. Norwich are four points clear at the top of the table. Um, Leeds and Sheffield United both play at three o'clock on Saturday. Leeds are at home to Millwall. Sheffield United at home to Bristol City. So we will know where Norwich are by the time we reach kickoff at half five for another televised game on Sky. Um, do you think the players will need to try and sort of ignore those ones, Mark? Um, almost try and just shut out what's happened there and, and just focus on, on what they're doing? Oh, that's what they need to try to do, definitely. Um, how feasible that is, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it comes down to, the, to each of the players' character, doesn't it? But I think Paddy made the point in the Q&A earlier that, that I mean, it really doesn't matter what, what they do at all, does it? As long as... City go to Borough and, and, and get the three points, that really is all that matters. That that will keep the pressure on Leeds and Sheffield United. And to a certain extent, pressure's off Norwich at the moment, really, in as, in, in as much as it's going to be in, the, in this situation. They, they can afford a defeat, obviously prefer not to. But, you know, I'd much rather be in Norwich's uh, boat than, than, than Leeds or Sheffield United at the moment. Absolutely. And, Pad, what do you make of Borough? Three defeats on the spin. And a heavy one at Villa just before the international break. Um... Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly they 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 can't really do the West Brom option now, which is to bomb Pulis out. But but I can't see him surviving if they're in the Championship next season. So really, for that man's uh, career prospects, as much as Middlesbrough as a club, uh, these next few weeks are absolutely vile. And this does concern me now because um, you might not like the guy's style of football, but he's proven to be quite effective at what he does. Um, and the fact that they're now gone into this international break in pretty shocking shocking form um, and the clubs like the Prestons, the Villas Sheffield Wednesday a little bit further back but they're really coming with a charge now I think this two week break will allow them just to maybe reassess um, work on a few things on the training pitch and that spells a little bit of concern in terms of Norwich going there because they will know and I'm sure Pulis, very experienced manager with a lot of experienced players you know no more so than Johnny Alson. They will know that you beat Norwich, beat tabletop in Norwich. That's almost can kickstart their season again for what is now clearly going to be a playoff push. So they're almost now planning for the playoffs, and um, and that's that's an excellent way to gain some momentum to to beat 
a Norwich team who, as you rightly said earlier, six wins out of six. Um, so with all that and the fact they play after Leeds and Sheffield United, as much as they do need to just focus on their job, yeah, this could be a very tricky weekend, I think, um, for many reasons, yeah. So, um, yeah, by no means, it, it, yeah, I agree with Mark. They're in a great position, but uh, that can swiftly get eroded if things don't go for them this weekend. Shaping up to be quite a uh, playoff race, actually. Borough, Borough fifth, they're 20 points behind Norwich, but they're only four points better off than Forest in 11th. And that's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? That mm. that chase for six has really opened up. You've got Preston, Bristol City, Derby. There's loads of teams in there who have got quality on their day. Um, just looking at those three successive defeats, they lost 2-1 at home to Brentford, 2-1 at home to Preston, and as you say, Pad 3-0 at Villa. They've only won one of their last five at home as well. So... It's not looking good. Could you could you even see a world mark where a defeat for Pulis could actually cost him his job on this one? Well, you heard a few rumblings, didn't you? I, I, I mean, it's it's very late in the day to, to to do that. But I suppose if they did want that new manager bounce, then then that's probably the last opportunity to 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 really get it. Um, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Pulis, don't you? And uh, <laughs> it's it, but. You know he does normally provide winning football, and if he's not doing that, then there's not a lot to to, to hang on to, particularly for the fans. Uh, well, I'm sure are, are, are pretty fed up of it right now. Um, so yeah, I can I can I can see them getting shot if if Norwich do do the business on on him on Saturday. Because they might just need a bit of a bounce, might they? A bit like West Brom have potentially done at the moment, although they clearly haven't appointed anyone yet. Only three teams have scored fewer than them. They scored 40 goals. Um, but they've got the best defence in the division, and they've only it's conceded thirty-one. Really? Such just pureless <laughs> ball, isn't it? Yeah. It's it. I think we did talk about this a little bit on the Q and A already, didn't we, Pad? At lunchtime, that it's not going to be an attractive game to watch. Norwich are going to know what it's like. I, I really, from all that we've seen from Tony Pulis over the, the years, you, the only thing I can see him doing is spoiling tactics, trying to prevent Norwich from scoring there's no way they're going to take Norwich on at their own game are they? Absolutely not I mean that is a staggering 40 goals and they've got a Samba Longa who yeah, is, is a one man goal machine really But um, so they're clearly not playing to that man's strengths uh, but yeah I mean for me it's what was the game at Car Road it was a 1-0 I think Pookie scored um, and there wasn't many other chances but Norwich I felt were quite comfortable in terms of the game and how they managed the game and they dominated possession and that might prove to be the, one of the first early signs that this was going to be a bit more than can we improve on 14th because obviously Middlesbrough given the money they've spent given the manager they'd appointed you would have thought going into that game they were going to have a better season than Norwich but Norwich were very good that day and while it will be that type of game again I think because that's the only way Pulis knows how to set his teams up I'm I'm more relaxed about going to there in terms of the type of game and whether Norwich are well equipped to deal with it than maybe the Middlesbroughs and Rotherhams of this world who, who do make it a complete scrap and it's almost you don't for long spells in those games you don't really need the ball it's a it's a lot of uh, arm wrestle type stuff so yeah we know what this is all about it's set pieces it's percentages and um, but for, for me Norwich are better equipped to deal with that but as I say you just fear that. We all know Johnny House, a very good player. He's not the only one. On any given day, those players can prove as good as anything in the championship. So hasn't happened of late, but that's not to say it won't happen this weekend. Yeah, defensively so strong. I, I don't know. 
I don't know why, but I feel a little bit confident on this one. I think I think Norwich will win this as long as they turn up and as long as you know these last few international games don't scupper them in in any way. You know, a, a nasty injury for Pookie or, or, or something along those lines. I just you know Rotherham. They were full. They're fully behind Paul Warren, aren't they? they? Those they were absolutely desperate, and they were happy to play in that way. Whereas I just get that vibe from Middlesbrough that I don't think these players like Johnny House and George Savile, Britta Sombolonga. You know, even the goalkeeper Darren Randolph is Republic of Ireland. Well, he made a great. Like, he made a great save, didn't he, against Gibraltar the other exactly. day? I know Gibraltar, but still, it was an absolute superb save. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely. It's the, it's the opposite of the maybe what Norwich are, which is the sum is greater than the individual parts. They seem to be the opposite. They probably have better players, you could argue, certainly in terms of pedigree and what they've done in their careers, but as a team. And that that is an interesting start of all of those ones you listed. One win in five at home, very demanding crowd who would, would have expected to be probably where Norwich are, or certainly in the top two, top three. Norwich get their noses in front and that team has won one of the last five you can guarantee that home crowd will be on their backs pretty sharpish so that would be the ideal scenario is that Norwich start well get their noses in front and then all that frustration and then anger almost gets turned inward and directed at the likes of Pulis and then yeah I could to take your point Dave I could definitely see them going on and winning the game Norwich yeah Fingers crossed. Just while you were talking about that, I had the memory of last season, which of course was the Madison worldie for 1-0, wasn't it? And James Husband had his best game in a Norwich shirt. He kept a Dharma Traore quiet that night, didn't he? He actually played really quite well against his former club, so it's a shame he couldn't keep up that sort of level. Um, on left-backs, perfect uh, <laughs> segue, sort of. Um, I mentioned at the top of the um, show, Jamal Lewis saying uh, that he thinks he's the best left-back in the Championship. Um which, on the face of it, sounds sort of a controversial thing to say, doesn't it? But I, I thought this was a nice way to sort of round off an international special. Of course, Jamal talking about being away with Northern Ireland, he seems to have taken to that like a like a duck to water. You could see him getting a lot of caps for for them at that level. Um, but he was talking more about his mentality, wasn't he? He's such an, an impressive talker, Jamal, in that he wants to tell himself he's the best left back in the, in in the championship because that's his aim, that's his target. Um, I think he probably is the best left back in the championship, isn't he? He probably is, yeah. And I, I really like the way he, he spoke there. I like that, that confidence. As probably British people, we we don't we always sort of sort of frown upon that having that sort of confidence. But I, I like that. Perhaps that's where sort of the the Farkas mentality has really helped to to impart on him. Really, that you know he he is the best in, in left back in in the championship. And you know, like you say, if you keep telling yourself that, then that's what you'll play to. Uh, and when he's, you know, when he's in the Premier League, he's going to want to be the best best left back in the Premier League, as hard as that's going to be. But that's that's what he should be aiming to be. Um, yeah, I mean, from I mean, you guys deal with him a lot more than I do. From 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 what I can see, he's maybe quite a sort of shy lad, like a, a, a little bit. And maybe quiet, quiet more than shy, um, because. As you see, he's quite an intelligent lad, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But as I say, I really like that confidence and, and, and applaud it because that's only going to make him a better player and, and, and a confident... Norwich want a confident player, particularly in, in the, the state they are at the moment and going for promotion. You want a confident player to be able to handle any situation. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of expectation on, on him at the moment. Um, and he seems more than capable of handling it. The reason I wanted to sort of highlight it, really, to finish on, Pat, is that there's been so much talk about Max Ahrens. Max is doing yeah. so well at, at a young age, at 18. And, OK, maybe Jamal isn't as uh, as eye-catching at times, but 
He's been very consistent recently, hasn't he? Well, I think I think that's almost um, that's a nod to how well how well he has adapted because you forget twelve months ago he was the Max Aaron's, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, and you touched on it there, how many caps he could get for for his country to be your number one club and country at what is he twenty one twenty two? It it does underline the maturity of the guy um, that he could handle that step up and. Now you just take it for granted. You just take it for granted the consistency of his performances. What I would say, just to finish on sort of the international vibe, is that one of the games I did see was was Northern Ireland's first one against Estonia, and I felt sorry for him because that's a complete alien style of football. That was how Michael O'Neill has got those set of players, and fair enough, that's the resources he's got to play with. But they were almost playing a Rotherham Millwall style of game, and and you could just see because obviously. What we tend to do is when we're watching a game with Norwich players playing internationally, you tend to focus on those players. And he looked a bit out of kilter in terms of where he would normally, the areas of the pitch he would play or, or receive the ball or getting on the overlap because he knows he's got an on now Hernandez cut it inside. I think they had the lad Jordan Jones, who, who was linked to Norwich a few times, Scottish oh, yeah. base player. Uh, and he's a more chalks on your, uh, sort of chalk on your boots type winger. So he would be. Sticking out in those channels that are, uh, that sorry Jamal likes to play uh, in the shirt of Norwich, so it, it, yeah, it just felt like he was a bit of a square peg in a round it, or the opposite uh, round peg in a square hole. If, if that's possible, that's no, not really possible. Is it? <laughs> I've completely done myself with that. <laughs> a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, I was right the first time. So. Yeah, so spent too much time in Yarmouth, mate. I think it's this room, mate. There's no <laughs> there's no ventilation in here. It's far too far too hot in here, but. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it, but again, you could t- twist that another way, and, and that's another challenge for him to overcome. That he's not probably in a team that's set up as he would like it to be, as he, as he finds here under, under Daniel Farker. But again, you know, the fact that he can adapt, and, and that's another part of his learning curve. And, and that probably you need to reiterate that that while he looks so assured, he is still a young man, and he is still only at the start of his career, really. And, and he can only get better. But um, to touch on what you boys have touched on. Because he he seems quite a, a level-headed, uh, intelligent lad. I think he will get better. I don't think by any stretch does he feel he's arrived and that's it. And there's no more growth in his game. I think he's he's far too, um, you know, switched on, um, uh, irrespective of the environment and the people he's got around him. I think he knows that he's got plenty more to give in his game and what an exciting prospect that could be. Eight caps, plenty more to come, I suspect, with Jamal. Right, thank you very much, chaps. Uh, I think we will wrap there. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to you guys. Me, Michael and Paddy will be at the Riverside, as of course, on Saturday evening. Uh, all the usual coverage at pinken.com and on Twitter, Facebook and the Pinken app. Make sure you've got the, the app, particularly for away games. It's good um, because we can give you a bit of an insight to stuff that you don't, don't always see. Obviously, we can't do that every single time at Carrow because we'll be showing you pretty much the same stuff. But, yeah, make sure you've got the app. So, um, we're back with a pod every Monday so make sure you get in touch and get involved. This is your podcast as much as it is ours.